Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I am your host, Ray Harkins, and we're at episode number 3535. Let's get some business out of the way, and then uh, I'll talk, and then I'll talk with some uh, our guest. Propertyofzack.com. Visit that site. They are starting to post some great year-end lists of all the staffers that write for them. Um, and there's no more fun time of the year than a retrospective, a look back on what music has come out and what music has perked up everybody's ear. And uh, yeah, the place that you should check it out the most is propertyofzack.com. So um, yeah, we love our partnership with them and it will continue to go on and on and on. Um, Also, review the show on iTunes and visit the website, 100wordspodcast.com. You can uh, see stuff that happens during the week in between shows um, at the website. And then, uh, yeah, review the show. I love it. I would really appreciate that. If you wrote a few nice words about the show or gave some stars to uh, us in some way. Um, yeah, business out of the way. And um, I'm, I'm going to bring it down a note. I uh, recently... I unfortunately lost my grandmother, who I will affectionately call Nana from here on out because that is what I called her. Um, She was older and she suffered from Alzheimer's. So essentially, the woman that I knew and helped raise me because uh, my parents were divorced at an early age, um, and so my mom had to rely a lot on her parents uh, to either, you know, help pick me up from school or take care of me during the daytime because my mom was a school teacher and she was working full time. So, um, obviously she couldn't do all that and she didn't really want to put me in daycare. Um, so my grandparents were instrumental in shaping who I am today. And, um, yeah, so my Nana passed away last week and, um, uh, yeah, it's it's really tough. I mean, anytime you lose someone who you care about, especially from a family perspective, um, you know, it cuts deep. Uh, obviously, it's not as deep as what my mom's going through currently, uh, losing her mother. And um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, trying to act normal. Like, I'm still doing this podcast, and I'm still, you know, working a few days, and just trying to kind of get yourself rooted. Because that's, that's what I've always experienced when I say always, there's only been one other person that's really close to me um, that has passed away, and that was my father. Um, but I just remember this sort of, you know, the first of all, the numb feeling where it's like, this doesn't really feel real. Um, and it doesn't feel real until you're sitting there at the funeral home, either with the person's ashes or with the person as they're lying in the coffin. Um, and I just remember with my father, giving his eulogy and, um, you know, being really proud of myself for being able to kind of make it through because I know that my dad would have loved to hear me say those things and did know that I felt all these things, um, whether or not I expressed them as concisely as I did within, um, you know, eulogy throughout my whole life. I've made sure that he uh, felt that. And I've been asked to give the eulogy at my grandmother's, um, ceremony. And, uh, I, I, I don't know. I really, really like doing these things as morbid as it sounds. Um, I just love being able to kind of take a person's life, be able to 
distill it down to your own personal experience um, and then be able to stand up in front of your family and friends and be able to get that off your chest. It's something that is so cathartic for me. Um, and I really, like I said, I look forward to it. And when my parents asked me if I wanted to be a part of the ceremony in that way, I, you know, I, in my own mind, I was already like, I'm going to do this whether you ask me or not. Um, so yeah, um, obviously all of us deal with loss in our lives. Um, and I hope that the one thing that I tell people that go through these traumatic experiences, whether they are sudden or expected or sudden or unexpected, um, it's just the fact that you have to you have to revel in whatever your experiences were with that person. You can't look at the regrets you may have or you didn't say this or you didn't say that. Fortunately, with both of these circumstances that I have personally encountered, I don't have any regrets. Those people knew exactly how I felt about them, even though my nana was not able to comprehend me saying, I love you the past 10 years of her life. Um, she still always acted like she knew me. And when I did reminder who I was, um, you know, there was that little spark of recognition and be like, okay, yes, like you are my grandson. Um, but I really encourage people to just hold on to that. That's the only thing that we have to really get us through the most difficult times is looking back and being like, dude, it was fucking awesome that my Nana took me to Toys R Us to buy me a World War II video game. She bought me 1942. It's such a distinct memory that I have. Um, she was always spoiling the shit out of me. Um, not only just because she had the means to do so, um, but that was how she really showed her love um, and just was, you know, wanted to make sure that I had all the fun stuff that I wanted. Um, and having those trips to like the bookstore, read more bookstore in Las Vegas, Nevada that no longer exists. And being able to pick out, you know, the newest Hardy Boy novel or the newest comic book, those are things that I'm just going to hold with me for the rest of my life. Um, and just knowing how much she obviously cared for me. So, yeah, if there's anything that I want to impart in this message um, is the fact that time is fleeting. Obviously, you hear all the cliches that people say when they experience loss. Um, but make sure that those people that are close to you know what's up. They know how you feel about them um, because those are the only things that people re usually regret later on in life where it's like, oh man, I wish I would have said I love you to this person or I wish I would have, you know, really been able to kind of show how I feel. Um, don't fucking wait. Like seriously, there's, there's no point in hiding those feelings like everybody needs to be vulnerable and if you don't want to expose yourself to other people you're gonna live a pretty solitary life um and i don't encourage that for anybody because it's obviously so uplifting to have you don't have to have a lot of people you can have two one maybe three people it doesn't really matter as long as you hold those people close and they know exactly how you feel um so yes this whole episode is in dedication to my Nana and uh, may she be in a much better place. And um, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to see her one day. Anyways, moving on to more lighter things. I sat down with James Carroll, the lead vocalist from Make Doom and Mend. Um, I was really excited to sit down with him. Uh, we were 
at the fest in Florida in uh, late October. So you can see the uh, the conversations a little. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say dated because there wasn't anything that we talked about <laughs> that could date the conversation, but um, that's how long it sometimes takes for me to get these episodes up. So um, we sat in a park in downtown Gainesville, Florida. So there'll be some moments where the conversation might seem a little herky-jerky because I had to um, you know, edit out the police sirens and edit out old women coming up to us asking if this was the entrance to the federal building. Um, but yeah, James is a really good guy. Um, I've only got to know him better over the past year of my life. Um, and just to kind of watch make do and mend, you know, ascend into where they're at right now. Um, it's just awesome to see a band of this caliber, uh, be able to kind of have, you know, a wider level of exposure and it's really cool. So, um, anyways, James and I talked about everything from their experience on Warp Tour, um, to kind of, you know, what he does in order to, uh, you know, keep his fire going. And yeah, a lot of cool things. So, um, yeah, I hope you enjoy. And uh, I hope my opening monologue didn't bring you down too much. I'm feeling okay, and I want you to feel okay too. So, enjoy this conversation. Just watching the band and like what you guys have been able to do, where it's like you even though you're younger, for lack of a better term. I mean, younger than me, so it's younger. Um, but you play a style of music that obviously fits within the context of what a lot of other bands are doing in regards to, you know, your balance and composure, your tighter fights. Like, these are bands that are playing music that could have fit in with the mid-90s. Yeah. And um, to see that all kind of come up at once mm-hmm. was really cool. And was, I mean... Did you feel it and notice it where it was just like, you kind of had, there was like a kinship with a lot of other different bands that all started at different times and from different scenes in a way? Yeah, definitely. You know, and it it had very little, in the beginning stages, it had very little to do with like recognizing it as something substantial. Of course. As opposed to, you know, I mean, we met, you know, we met Title Fight like, years and years and years ago we actually like when we first started this band yeah um and we're playing shows in connecticut and you know wanted to start playing shows like outside um like this was back in like the myspace days of course uh and i i remember i sent the title fight myspace a message Message, saying like hey guys what's up like you know your band's super cool um and this was before you know a, a, anything that they, right. they like you know I think they had a split out with uh, Balance and Composure's old band oh um, got it got it uh, and so like said something like hey you know we want to book shows like around the area like let's do let's a trade weekend. some shows like, yeah yeah you come to Connecticut we'll play in Connecticut we'll, we'll do a show in Pennsylvania and then we'll do like New York City or something like that or like New York we'll like um, and they didn't they didn't answer back Right. And, like, you know how on MySpace you can send the message and you see read. it was read? Yeah. <laughs> so they didn't answer back after, like, a week. And I'm like, these motherfuckers. These fucking assholes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and so I sent, him this, I sent him another message back. I was like, you know what, man? You guys think you're so cool. Like, Really? You put it, like, you kind of went at him. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, you know what, man? Like, yeah, we're a new band or whatever. Like, and, uh, you know, we're not very popular or anything like that. But, like, 
the least you could do is send us a new message back saying like no thanks. Right. And like, they sent a they sent a message back like right after that, and I yeah. forget I forget who it was. It was either Shane or Jamie, and, uh, <laughs> and they were like, "Hey, like sorry, we like we're we're fourteen. Right. Like we can't tour. Like, <laughs> we can't leave. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. can't we can't play outside of Pennsylvania. Like because our parents have to like drive us to our shows. Right, right. And they're like, we, we didn't mean anything by it. Like sorry. <laughs> and I totally like had my foot in my mouth. I was like, fuck, I'm a dickhead. You're like, like damn it. You're yeah. like, I I was very emotional about this. Yeah. I accuse you of something yeah. that I just didn't know. Clearly, I flew off the handle. Right. So you know, it's really funny. Uh, well, know, that I mean, I think that story in of itself puts the whole thing in context. Yeah, where it's yeah. just like a lot of people. I think a lot of when I say people I say like you know kids that come to shows I'm like don't even though more of the behind the scenes back end stuff is more apparent now like people kind of know how bands work Uh but the casual fan like just goes to a show and like you know goes home but like that story totally puts it in context where it's like the the you know the idea of these bands just kind of quote unquote coming from nowhere mm-hmm. where it's like because that's what every kid feels like you know, where these dudes come from like you know make do men signs to rise like oh like they have records before that yeah yeah it's like yeah 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 we kind of have a lot of stuff before yeah. that um so yeah there's you know I think from like I think from like uh, an, an insular perspective like an inside perspective yeah there's very little consciousness of like how these things are perceived by the outside world of course you know, as it pertains to a movement of bands or, or what have you you know and it, you know we love these bands you know like you said Touche Amore on down the sure. line because A they make great music yep they make fucking perfect music um but you know it's a, but they're our friends you know what I'm saying like, yeah so like, well and I think too to, to your point I think a lot of it too it's like because every single band from that whatever this like you said movements even though it's like it's, it's difficult to put into words yeah totally um, it's like they've all originated from the same beginnings but they've obviously done so many different things sonically yeah, you know yeah. where it's like each band obviously has their own thing yeah um, but they all can tour together and be friends and yeah definitely um, so you yourself Yes. Born always born and raised in, in the Connecticut area, East Coast, or where? Yeah, were... I was born in Hartford. Okay, um, and, and grew up. So you love the Whalers, right? Yeah, did did <laughs> a, a lot, and you know when they left, it was a huge bummer. But you know what? Like, it's the funniest thing because there's this like resurgence now of uh-huh. like Whaler pride. Really? Um, yeah, and it's ridiculous because are they trying to get the team back? Like that's what the whole or no, is not, just not really. Yeah, just um, repping it. They tried. They tried a bunch of years ago to get them back, uh-huh. and it didn't work out. And we had um, we had an uh, like an AHL team, right? Uh, the Hartford Wolf Pack that okay. were like. The New York Rangers farm team. Sure, sure. So that, like, once the Whalers left, we got the Wolf Pack, and that was the thing. Um, and then somebody bought the Wolf Pack and then changed their name to the Connecticut Whale. So now they're the Connecticut Whale, and so there's, like, this whole, <laughs> like, resurgence. And so people, like, we did, uh, for Warped Tour, we did, like, a Whalers ripoff shirt. Oh, that's right. Know, I remember that. I had, like, the Whalers logo, and then it said, Make Doing Man. Yep. And people would come up and be like, Yeah, man, Whalers. And I'll be like, Motherfucker. Everyone hated the Whalers. Totally. Everyone hated the Whalers. Like, I really liked them a lot just because, you know, they, yeah. I was young and they were at home of course. or whatever. But, dude, people called them the uh, Hartford Failers because they were so bad. <laughs> right, right, right. And, you know, they got, they, dude, they left Connecticut because no one was going to the games. Right, know? right. Like, it didn't make any economical right, sense. Right, yeah, right. yeah, for sure. But so, you said, so the Bristol area? 
What's that? Br- the Bristol, Connecticut area. That's where you were born and raised. Hartford. Or, Hartford. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I don't know why Bristol just went yeah. in my head. Yeah. Close Hartford. enough. Yeah. 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 Fairly close. Um, so yeah, uh, born in Hartford and yeah, sort of born born and raised there. Like you basically spent all your time there yeah, as you were growing totally. up. Totally. And then I, I went to school um, in a town called Willimantic. Uh, okay. It's like forty minutes outside of Hartford. Okay. Um, it's like where UConn University of yep, Connecticut is like a big school. It's like the town right over from there. Stores Connecticut, right? Stores Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so like sure. it's all in Wyndham County, and then got it. Um, do you have uh, brothers and sisters? I do. Uh, yep, I got three brothers. Oh wow! Yeah, totally. Were, so were your parents trying for a girl, and they kept just going for it, and <laughs> like, know, oh, another I'm, boy? I don't think so. I don't know. I just they always wanted a big family, I guess. I guess so. You know, just happened I'm, that way. I guess I've never really like learned the rationale behind. I just, you know? I mean, it's uh, I'm so sensitive to that now because it's like, uh, I mean, my wife and I, we only want one kid. Had a boy. Okay. We were both stoked on that. Yeah. But you see. Like, once you actually start to look around at other families and how they've kind of, you know, grown up or w- what they're trying to do, and you're like, oh, yeah, I've got, you know, like, uh, you know, one brother, like, three sisters or whatever, and they were like, oh, like, clearly they were trying to have that <laughs> that one sex. They wanted to have yeah. a boy and a girl or whatever. Uh, but that's funny. So, family of dudes. Family of dudes. And, you know, I don't... I don't know if my mom ever really wanted a girl. Maybe she did. Yeah. I think she got lucky having four boys. And I was going to say, boys are, in the ass. Right, boys are technically easier to raise. Yeah, yeah. Like, straight totally. up. And, like, I don't think... I, I don't know if my dad could have raised a girl to be perfectly honest. <laughs> no offense towards <laughs> no, him. No, I no, just no. Think, yeah. Just wasn't equipped. Wasn't wired for it. Yeah, no. I don't think so. <laughs> so did your mom feel outnumbered? Or she she was... She felt... Because, uh, yeah, I mean... Not necessarily. We're all, we're all really... Pretty easy dudes. Yeah. Yeah. None of us are really like. I mean, my parents are great in that. You know, I I feel as though they're sort of like the last generation of like stand up human beings. You know, to a certain extent. You know, I just see so many fucking. I just see so many parents who just just raise their kids like absolute garbage. Of course. And so like growing up, you know, growing up and becoming an adult, and I look back, I'm like. Wow, my parents definitely did not fuck up. Right, I mean, you know there there are pitfalls along the way everywhere. Well, of course, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I, so I think uh, I, I think they did a nice job. So, what did your uh, what did your parents do for a living? Uh, my dad runs a roofing company. Oh, okay. Um, and then growing up, my mom actually worked for an insurance company. Okay. Um, like full time. Okay. Uh, as my Matt, my next youngest brother uh-huh. uh, and I like came up through school and then she uh, then she stopped doing that just so she could be home more yeah of course yeah. of course yeah I mean raising four boys is kind of a full time job oh, in yeah. itself yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> so your dad your dad obviously works with his hands and you know is, is, is out there like that's what I definitely a theme that I've caught on in talking to a lot of people is that I, I'm personally I don't know if I'd say scared but like a lot of like I don't know how to do shit with my hands. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to fix anything. Yeah, yeah. And like I think that's definitely symptomatic of a lot of like you know whatever twenty to thirty five year olds where it's just like I mean partially just because I, I don't like to do any of that. Yeah. Whereas like some of my friends are like oh I fucking love fixing stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then it's like I think that the people that don't know how to do stuff outnumber the people that do know how to do stuff. So I wonder that sort of, like you're saying that last generation of like see that's the, yeah you're absolutely right and that's sort of like I'm sort of in the same place. Uh-huh. As I get older, um, in that you know, 
especially since my dad did know how to do all that stuff. Right. I think I was sort of just like, oh, dad does it. Right. Like, you know, dad's well, got you got a, a person. You got dude, a person. I got yeah. dude. And like, <laughs> he, like, he's also a mechanic. So like, you oh, know, dude, he's thing, in it. Yeah. Dude, he's, he's just like, he's the consummate man. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I just never, I never really learned much about, you know, cars and, you know, things yeah. like that. So now, uh, as I, you know, as a, as a, over the course of the past, maybe five years or so, uh-huh. uh, I've really put a lot of effort to try to become more capable. Yeah. Because, I mean, especially saying, like you said, you know, there are more people who don't know how to do than do totally. how to do. We live in a country of fucking morons. Totally. Uh, so, you know. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to. You want to carry that torch. I would like to be on the other end of things. So, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> but it's, it's tough. Yeah, I know, for sure. Um, and so, you were, are you the... Like middle brother or where, where, I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Yeah. Okay, so you 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 escorted the way for all of the other uh, brothers in regards to the way that. Uh, I think so. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Sometimes. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where I am not so sure how much I led them as as much as in a lot of ways they led me. Interesting. Um, you know, you met Matt. My yep. He's uh, next in line to me, uh-huh. um, and you know. He's a super. He's a he's a doer. Like you know, he's very collected, very you right. know, straight on ahead it, on sure. top of it. Uh, and so you know, in a lot of ways, I lean on him for that. You know, you feel each other. Yeah, you feel yeah, each yeah. other's strengths. Like, I mean, for that's sure. like good not, relationships. Yeah, totally. Like I, you know, I can be an absolute space cadet sometimes. <laughs> Well, yeah, like you're saying, relationships, like, obviously, like, you can fill each other's holes, and you see what... Yeah, totally. So, like, you know, I, I can be an absolute space cadet sometimes, <laughs> you know, so there's definitely a lot of, like... Um, you lean on one another. Yeah, sure, and then our, our younger brother, Jack, who's oh. 20, he'll be 21 in April, is just, like, I feel like he just got, he just got everything, you know? I think that he got, like... He got Matt and he got me and they just squished together and you know he's like yeah. he's this tall, handsome, like just like yeah, yeah. super charismatic, just dude. on top of it, just yeah. yeah. And uh, you know I don't know where he comes from. We joke all the time that he's the best Carol by far. Um, <laughs> like we perfected him this last one. Yeah, we tried with all these other ones. Totally. Yeah. And then we've got a little brother Luke who's uh, twelve. He'll be thirteen in February. Um, oh wow, that's a big that's a big gap. Like, yeah, between totally. The two. Yeah, I yeah. was I was thirteen when he was born. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that must have been weird to watch your parents kind of raise a, another kid in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah, it was kind of weird. I mean, just like having a baby around when like, I can't like I imagine myself when I was thirteen and be like the concept of having like a little baby around, be like, oh wow, that's yeah, weird. Totally. Even you know, even being. Even being like, you know, not grown up, but 13, you know, a little bit older and at least cognizant, like right. watching my parents raise him uh-huh. and, and sort of like understanding the differences and like, you know, how they were when I was a kid and yeah. how they are, you know, with him. It's, it's really interesting. No, that's, that's actually true because I wouldn't, you obviously learn as you go along and then obviously like so much information changes over year to year as far as like, oh, this is what you should do for your child as opposed to right, like, right. you know, like I mean, my mom fucking smoked up until <laughs> she was like six months pregnant with me really? and she felt me kick okay. and I always blame her for my asthma. I'm like, uh, mom, well, I have asthma because of you. That's your fault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so kind of, you know, as you were growing up, like the, uh, you know, like going into junior high and high school and stuff like that 
Um, you know, where did you, uh, well, for one, where was kind of the intro as far as independent music was concerned? Um, and then two, kind of what was your sort of, you know, your high school experience? Like, were you, uh, you know, were you into sports? Were you kind of like, you know, what sort of, what group did you find yourself fitting in, if at any at all? Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, well, so, I was definitely like a product of like 90s radio rock. Yeah. Just because, I mean, dude, when I was... When I was in elementary school, uh-huh. you know, there was like, that was the thing. There yeah. was like, there were still rock bands on the radio totally. making good music. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, doesn't exist now. No. Like, I, you know, I feel like that, like, kids these days. Well, ter- I mean, to kids don't find out about music listening to the radio. Right, right, right. Yeah. Totally. But, you know, so I, you know, I was a big, like, you know, big third eye blind guy, you know, stuff yep. like that. And then so it was listening to the radio and then. Uh, and then, you know, Blink-182 and Green Day started being played on the radio. Huge, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it was just in, like those songs. And then The Offspring had a song on the radio. Of course. You know? early, ni- early 90s. I mean, they, they say, what, 94 is the year that punk broke? Where it was like, yeah. that started to explode everything with yeah, Green Day's so, Dookie. And totally, everything. I yeah. suppose so. Yeah. Um, and so those songs started coming on the radio. And immediately from there, I... I'm not sure, you know, I don't remember the exact sort of, like, like switch, but, like, I remember hearing those songs uh, and and thinking to myself, this is something different, Uh you know, this is something, yes, it's on the radio, yes, it's, like, sort of commingled with this other stuff, but, like, there's something different here. Right. Um, And so I got, I mean, obviously, like most dudes my age, got super into Blink-182. Yeah, yeah. Um... And, and, you know, from there was able to, you know, was able to, you know, start digging you right. know, from there. I mean, seeing what bands they were touring with, you know, sure. buying the records, seeing what bands they thanked in the liner notes. And they came out with those DVDs. Oh, yeah. Uh, and like, you know, so like, oh, Tom DeLonge's wearing a Pennywise shirt. What's that all about? You know totally. what I'm saying? Like, oh, he, you know, he really likes this band called Jimmy Eat World. Who's that? Right, right. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, it was, it was so on from there, and it was from, uh, you know, it was from there that I got into bands like, uh, you know, like GB and Youth of Today and stuff like that. Yeah. And that was sort of like in and around the time of like H2O and sure. uh, AFI and Rancid. Right, so right. So, you know, it was just sort of like, it's like the, it's like the kid, Blink-182 was like the kid in high school who like, it's sort of like the edgy dude, right? But like, is also friends with like the football players, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, there's this sort of like, there's these two worlds, and like, he's just right here, right? On You're on a cusp, yeah, yeah. And you know, as soon as you as soon as you start hanging out with him, all of his other friends are on this side of the wall, you know? What I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, because yeah, yeah, you look at it like an onion, where it's just like you know, you start to peel away the layers. That's when you start to get into more, you know, stuff that obviously takes work to get to, right, right. right. Um, and it's like, you know, and that's that's what makes music so cool, where it's like people can get in as involved with it as they want. Totally. Where it's like once they hit a layer and they're like, yo, I'm cool. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm fine here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously people like you and I are like, nope, like, let's keep going. Right, right, right. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's like, that's, uh, I, I like the analogy of like the, you know, the, the, the kid that can get along with, like, you know, can float between groups. Right, right. So like, yeah, I feel as though Blink was like the intermediary there. Uh-huh. Um, and then yeah, you know. And did you like in in high school like? And I also find it interesting because you were the usually people like have that 
older brother, older sister that's mm-hmm. like, oh, here's some cool records. But yeah. you obviously didn't have that, so didn't you kind of had that that yeah, experience. I'm to always, like, I'm always super jealous of those people. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I was talking, I was, uh, I was riding in the car with my friend Andy, uh-huh. uh, who plays in Every Time I Die. Sick, oh yeah, sick name drop, I know. Yeah, yeah, great um, name drop. <laughs> and he was telling me about how his dad used to take him to like their local record store when he was a kid. Right. And he would buy him, his dad would buy himself a record. Every time they would go, he would buy a record for himself and a record for Andy. Ugh. And he's like, that's how, that's how I first heard Youth of Today break down the walls. Unbelievable. And I was just like, fuck yeah. you, man. Yeah, you got that fuck shit when you were you. like eight, dude. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> uh, you know, that's how I heard Black Flag. And, you know, and yeah. so to have, you know, I'm certainly jealous of those people. But at the same time, uh, you know, I, I sort of, I'm, I'm really grateful for the, you know, you forge your own path. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, like you could, you know, you you always have that experience where it's like, you know, if you're if a friend is exposing you to stuff and you start to have all these outside influences, and then especially when you're a teenager and you're so insecure about what's cool, right? If all of a sudden if you're like, oh dude, fucking knock knock it off, don't like Blink One Eighty Two anymore, yeah, yeah. and you're kind of like, but no, like that means a lot to me, yeah, yeah. like because there always comes and so it's like, but you were able to kind of like, you know, blossom on your own without yeah. having these like these gateway things where it's like you have to be into this or else right right, right. yeah and it's just it's just so weird because I mean even when you know uh-huh. even bands like Blink-182 and Newfound Glory yep. were you know touring with hardcore bands yeah you know what I'm saying like totally uh, and so that's I mean it's and that's how you know that's how I found out about the Smiths too like really early on yeah like, these like all these worlds it's sort of just like what we were talking about earlier like Bands that sound nothing alike, like us, Title Fight, Touche, Ladies, yeah. what have you, exist in this world. Right. Kids are able to sort of like have access to these different sounding bands, but still, you know. Still feel comfortable, yeah, like in yeah. the same context. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, so when you were in high school, did you uh, like, you know, sports or were you kind of just like an indoor kid? Like, what, what, where, where did you find yourself falling? Or, or did you have a good high school experience? No, I fucking Hated yeah, it's terrible. God, it was so bad. I went to a uh, I went to a private Catholic high school. Oh, that's um, a that's a different experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you have uniforms? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. The whole the whole nine. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was. I think I wanted to go there. Okay. What if I remember correctly? When I was a kid, I wanted to go there because I wanted. I've, I've definitely always felt other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. A, a sense of. Um, you, you know, just sort of separateness from whatever. So I, you know, I was like, if I go to if I go to the public school, you know, it's just so big. Yeah. There's so many people. You know, all my friends are gonna make all these other friends, and I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna get lost. I'm gonna fall through the cracks. Okay. So I was like, here's a smaller school. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you know, of course, on all the fuck, you go to all the like orientation nights, and it's like. We're a community here. Yeah, we are yeah. A family. Of course. Come. Welcome like, with open yeah, arms. Yeah, come yeah. join us. And so I think at a young age, I was like, yeah, okay. Like, I can get down with that. That's what I want. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> little did I know, all of those kids, that, all the kids that went to the private Catholic high school had been going to private Catholic school their entire lives. Right, yeah. So they, like, from kindergarten up until then, they knew it, like, every, the, the bonds were set, the fucking, you know, yeah, yeah. the molds were set, and I, you know, I got in there, and, uh, and everybody was like, what the 
fuck is yeah, this? Yeah, who's this like, guy? Where'd he come yeah, from? Yeah, totally. Um, so that that was ninth grade that you or you yeah, or was it was ninth okay, grade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, that's totally hard. Yeah. I totally. I, I had that experience when I went to junior high, and it was like you know you're able to edge in there a little bit, mm-hmm. and there's that element of like. Especially with the female persuasion, where they're like, uh-huh. "Who's the new guy?" Because like yeah. we've seen all these old guys for a while. Like, yeah. the, but that lasts for maybe about two weeks. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> if I, that, if that, if that existed, it didn't exist for me. It might have been my braces and <laughs> you know, your uh, your level of awkwardness. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah. So my freshman year, I I tried super hard. Right, I was like, all right, you know, new school, new people. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna be super nice to everybody. I'm, uh-huh. gonna, I'm gonna invite them over to my house. Like, I'm gonna try out for the football team. Okay. Uh, and I went for it. Like, fucking went for yeah. it. Yeah. You it committed just, to it. You were like, I'm gonna do the damn thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And it fucking crashed and burned. <laughs> like, just so bad. No one wanted really? anything to do with me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, you know, I was a nerdy little kid. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I was a like, nerd- what, were, what were you into? Like, what, what, you know, just. I was into punk rock and. Got it, and, okay. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah, You were the music um, dude, so they were kind of like, I don't know about that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was into punk rock. I read, like, I read comic books, but, like, not cool comic books. I read fucking Archie comics, Remember? you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're like, you're not into, like, you know, whatever, Spawn, but, like, yeah, whatever yeah, cool no, comics. Not the cool stuff. Like, yeah, you're like, the, yo, give me Donald Duck, dude. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so so it was after my freshman year. I spent I spent the entire year just trying super hard. Yeah. Uh, and it was after my freshman year that I went from like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try real hard to just fuck this. Yeah. yeah. Fuck this. Fuck every single one of these people. Yeah. I'm gonna make their lives a living hell. And so I spent my sophomore, junior, senior year. Right. Of, of high school just being the biggest fucking prick. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, I, and it's like outwardly hostile? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I was like, I, I was young. I right. was, I, you know, I, into the music that I was into. And, you know, it was. Right. That's it, nihilistic in and of itself, right? It was, and, you know, like, it was that time where kids started getting into drinking and trying drugs. And, yep. you know, like, the, what you're supposed to do as a fucking archetypical uh, American high school age kid, like, you know, start trying drinking. Yep. Start trying, you know, smoking weed. Totally. Uh, you know, now it's time to, you know, start, you know, yeah, dating. D- d- doing and, doing know, babes. Right, right. Totally. Yeah. Like the, whole, the whole thing. And I, and so, you know, given that sense of other, and I mean, we've talked about, you know, uh, you know, being straight edge and what have you. Like, yeah. Uh, I was just like, all right, that's what they're into. Yeah. Well, fuck that. Here's yeah. this opposite like, reaction. Yeah. So this is I'm going, I'm going over here, like all yeah. the way. Right. Um, right. So you know, it was then that I, you know, I knew what Straight Edge was, and I and I got, you know, I started hearing about Straight Edge from the bands that I was listening sure, to. Sure. You know? Of course. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is yeah. yeah like this summarizes what I want to do. These, you know, these people are are clear thinking, uh, and. Uh, but there's that sense of ang- there's a real sense of anger there. Of course, this sort of isolation and this you know fighting against the um, yeah the common experience exactly right. Um, so so that was me for high school. That's just, funny. Like, and luckily, you know, I there were other people. I found other people in my high school who weren't really doing it for the same reasons as I were. I uh-huh. think we're sort of just like kind of just fucked up in their own right. Sure, sure. Uh, and, you know, didn't want to be a part of the... Right, uh, that crew over there. You yeah. know, the archetype. Um, 
And so, yeah, just spent high school just yeah making people miserable. Um, That's funny. Did so, you yeah. did you ever? Because uh, I definitely I I think that was my sophomore year. I didn't. I wasn't outwardly hostile, uh-huh. but I definitely had same sort of reaction where yeah, I was yeah. just like, "Fuck this! How you guys are handling it?" And I yeah. remember. And this is something that I, I mean, looking back, I'm like, I can't even believe I did this. But yeah. like, I did the whole pee in the punch at a fucking party. Oh, did you really? So, like, I, I, I like took a glass to the bathroom, uh-huh. peed in it, came back. But the whole reason it made me so mad was because we were over at like just a parent's house, and yeah. it was the whole like cool parent, like I'll let you guys drink as long as you stay here. Right. Oh my god! And that like I don't know. I mean, you know, at like 15 years old, like that made my blood boil. I yeah, was like, yeah. what? That, I'm gonna fucking stop this. I mean, in hindsight, I was like. Yeah, not the wisest of Dude, that's, like... I, that shit's great. I fucking love that. <laughs> that's right up my alley. My, yeah, yeah. It was my senior prom, and I dated this girl who, she was a t- she was totally sweet. She was great. Right. Um, and uh, she was very, like, uh, she was super, she was, like, of that world. Right, you yeah, know? yeah, But, yeah. like, uh, came from, like, a really good family, like, super nice. Good super head under, and shoulders. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, like... You know, fit in with that world because you know yeah, yeah. that's where you know that's where ninety nine percent of people fit in. But also, you know, wasn't a fucking idiot, right? Right, um, right. And I think, looking back, I think probably the reason she liked me was because I, you know, yeah, you're edgy, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we went, you know, we went to senior prom, and then afterwards, she was like, "Well, I really want to go to my friend's house. They're having like you know the sleepover party and like yeah. bonfire and the whole thing." I was like, fuck it, you know, if that's what you want to do, whatever, you know. Um, I really could fucking take it or leave it. Um, (laughs) Right. And so we went, and it was the same deal. Like, parents have the beer, and like, as long as they're here, I know they're safe. Like, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, And and so, like, everybody's, you know, drinking beer from the cooler, and uh, the dad comes down with a cooler beer, and I'm like, hey, sir, how are you? Like, thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm really thirsty. Could I have a glass of water? And he looked at me like I had two fucking heads. I could and imagine. He, he was like, he was like, you there's, there's beer. Right. There's, there's beer right there. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't drink beer. Like, I would love a glass of water if you don't mind. And he was just sort of like, like, <laughs> he's like disgusted like who do, who's this kid yeah, right so, Where did, yeah like went to the kitchen brought me back, back a glass of water it's that's amazing yeah. and so like when yeah what was your first band like what, what my, that... fir- my first band ever i was uh was that in high school I, yeah or? i think yeah. i was a freshman in high school oh okay um and i had been i had been playing guitar for a little bit and i i was at a birthday party of somebody some yeah, I was at somebody's birthday party, and uh-huh. uh, there was another kid there who went to the the public high school. Got it. And he had just bought a guitar from one of my best friends, um, who also went to the public high school. And so I was like talking to him. I was like, "Hey, man! Like, I heard you just bought Tom's guitar from him. Like, that's super cool. I play guitar too. Like, yeah, whatever." And he's like, "He's like, oh, cool, man. Yeah, like I I actually sing in this band, um, and we're like looking for a new guitar player. Our, like, guitar player is moving away." And I was like, well, yeah, man, fuck yeah, like... Let's do this. I would love, you know, I would love to try out. Right. Uh, it turns out it was a new metal band. Oh, what was the band's name? It was called Silent Phoning. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, totally. It's a perfect band name for that. Yeah, total, like, <laughs> total, like, Papa Roach system of a down new Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I, I think I was, like, I think I was the way that a lot of young kids are with, like, when they start their first bands, they're like, it's not exactly what I want to be doing, yeah. but, like, 
it's a band. It gives yeah. you, yeah, it gives you a taste of like, oh, this is something that I could potentially do. Uh, played in that band for like a minute. We played one show. It was at so, another birthday party nice. in like a backyard. Of course, uh, we didn't have a drummer. Yeah. Oh, how did you play? You just played. You just play. Yeah, just played. I'm not really. <laughs> I don't really remember exactly how. It went, That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, we didn't get a drummer, but listen to our Metal Zone Distortion pedals. Yeah. And- <laughs> totally. Um, and so that was that. They kicked me out of the band. Okay. Uh, because you didn't fit I, the mold. You didn't have dreadlocks, probably. I wanted to cover. I wanted to cover Jimmy Eat World. That was that was the thing. That was the breaker. They're like, the fuck this yeah, guy. Yeah. Who is he trying to bring this shit in? Yeah, for? I was like, I was like, you know what? Uh, I was like, these songs are cool and all. I'm like, I dig it. You know, whatever. I was like, but like, we could, we could do other stuff. Like, right. We could, you know, explore these. Other, and I was like, let's let's cover Jimmy Eat World. Sure. Uh, the artistic was, differences. Yeah, and I think that was the breaking point. So they called me one. They called me one night, uh, like on my parents' house phone. And, yeah. Uh, and we're like, hey man, like, uh, you know, it's just not really working out. Like, so that was you're like, um, damn. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was super bummed. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was my first band. But that obviously gave you a taste of like, oh, I would like to continue to do this. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. And then, um, so like, as you like going through high school, like, obviously you didn't have a good, like, good social experience. Like, did you, you know, just kind of coast by in grades? Like, did you have any sense of like, kind of like, oh, this would be cool to do this in the future, like, job, all that type of stuff? No, not really. I mean, I knew that I wanted to play in a band. It really, from the time that I, really, for the longest, as long as I can really remember, right? I've, I've wanted to play in a band. It's sort of like all I've ever really wanted. To yeah, play. yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that was the that was the train of thought. That was the focal point where it's just like, yeah, like once I just do this band stuff, then obviously everything else can be pushed aside. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because you know it was the only thing that I actually really liked a lot. Right. You know. Right. Um, so you know, in I guess I still sort of have like a somewhat juvenile sense of like not responsibility, but like uh-huh. you know, just sort of like yeah. Well, I just want to do what I want. Right. Like, I just want to do what makes me happy, and like you yeah. know, and so like. So I, don't, I, I don't know if I, I I don't know if I feel comfortable calling it juvenile, but I think I, I I would classify that. I mean, you just regardless of what the economic upshot is uh-huh. from whatever it is that you're doing, you know, you're just following what you're passionate about, and like right. not, and that takes a level of commitment that not everybody's willing to take. You know? Right. So. Yeah. Certainly. Um, yeah. So you know, it's on from there. Then. Uh, Matt, did you I, go? Did you go to college and everything, or did, I did. you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. You went to yeah near the stores, Connecticut. Yeah, area. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What were um, you studying there? Uh, I was studying. I was studying communication. Okay. And I went. I went my freshman, sophomore, and halfway through my junior year. Okay. Uh, for communication, and I got halfway through my junior year, and I, uh, I was like, I haven't learned anything. <laughs> I really, like, I haven't yeah. learned shit. It's true. It's uh, true. And, and, you know, and then I also, like, I was looking at, like, the ma- my major requirements. Like, you know, what I had fulfilled in order to... Right, your to, prerequisites and everything, uh, yeah. And I was like, I also haven't, like, accomplished anything. You know, it's just like... Um, so, I, you know, I gave it some serious thought, and I was like, what would I rather do other than communication? And so, I changed my major to English. Oh, okay, yeah. Halfway through my junior year, and I had to fucking... I had to bust ass to be able to, like... 
complete all the requirements that I like needed to complete in order to like be caught up sure, to like sure. you know someone who was an English major from the very beginning. Right, right. Um, so I did that and then ended up graduating in four years with oh nice uh, bachelor's in English. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, and not I mean not everybody can obviously have that little you know piece of paper that says hey I'm smart. Yeah, like, to the real world. Yeah, it's in a rubber made in a closet somewhere in right. my apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and that's what I find so funny where it's just like you know even though you I mean it's like put. I've always felt awkward putting like the bands that I've played in on a resume, but mm-hmm. it's like you learn so much shit from that. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Like, I mean, not only real life stuff or like you know, like real world real experience, but like actual like physical skills, like you know, time management and right. like you know how to take care of finances. Right. Totally. Like, but you're like, and people will, wouldn't look at that and be like, oh, that's probably equivalent to like a bachelor's degree. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, no. <laughs> um, and so, so when, when did make do kind of start to? Was that like in college? Is like when started that was, to? Yeah, that was my freshman year in college. Matt, Mike, and I. Yeah. Played in a band while while we were all in high school. Okay. Um, it was just a fucking pop punk band, Satellite Punk 182. Uh, which you know, come, as you as you well should. Come, you know, come to think of it now, we should have stuck with it. We'd probably be way more popular. What was the name of the band? Oh god, I'm not even gonna say. It's too embarrassing. Um, does does any of it still exist on the internet somewhere? You guys you know have a pure somebody, volume page or somebody something? Fucking somebody played it while we were in Europe. When we were in Europe with a lot of spew. Yeah. Somebody found it really? and started playing it, and it was god. You were like, who? What? See, the thing about it is, it's cool. It's cool for me because Matt sang in it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I really, I mean, like, I wrote all the music and wrote all the lyrics, but yeah. like Matt sang, so he like, right? I I can just I, I have no yeah, you right. Yeah. You're like that was that's in the past. Yeah, yeah got totally. it. So that that was what you guys were doing in in high school. Yeah. So somebody we were like we were trading uh, we were trading like embarrassing shit while we were in Europe with Ladis and Title Fight, <laughs> and one one video was a video of Title Fight playing at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> Um, That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. and then w- the other one was Ladisview playing at like a nature festival in Michigan. Oh. None of them were wearing any shoes. Uh, it was, dude. That was, dude. I love those experiences where it's like you get asked to play a show or do something super fucking weird, yeah. and then it's like that's just so funny. When you're, but when you're that age, it's like, yeah, of course, a show sounds yeah, incredible. Absolutely, right? Totally. What you're gonna pay me a hundred dollars to do this? <laughs> totally. What? Um, so yeah, so it's somewhere out there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so I I I was the first one to go away to college. Uh-huh. Um, and so my freshman year, it's like, shocker, hated it. Right, um, right. And like, so you know, just started writing songs, and so like went back to those guys and was like, hey, you know, like I've been writing these songs. Do we want to try to do like? Yeah, let's check try them to out. Band. Uh, and that was like, well, I don't want to sing anymore. I want to play drums and. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm writing, I'm writing these songs. So I guess I might as well try singing. And, right, right, right. And then, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, a, yeah I'm, I don't get into too much detail because obviously anybody that can read on the make to and meta <laughs> lore. Um, yeah. But the uh, so like once you started to, especially just because you're playing the band with your brother, mm-hmm. like, uh, how did your parents start to perceive it as far as like you know, oh, you're gonna like you're gonna be doing this? Yeah, my parents definitely weren't into it for a while when, sure. initially when I start when we started our first band in high school uh, my parents were like um, okay well you can you can do one of two things they're like uh, you can start a band and you can go to the public high school uh, or you can stay going to the school you're at now and not start a band because they're like we're not going to keep on paying tuition at this school oh. if like 
you're going to be your focus is going to be somewhere else. Right. All you're going to do is go to school and then come home because you want to practice totally. or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, and so I was like, I gave it a lot of thought, and I was like, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I was like, I'll go. I'll go to the public school next year. Yeah. I was like, this is my. It was the end of my sophomore year. Got it. Um, and I told my parents that I really wanted to start a band. Um, so I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, like I've thought about it, and like I'll go to the public school. I like how they actually gave you a decision. Yeah, like, that's it was, nice. It was a, yeah. Well, so, I mean, I mean. Well, so I, you know, I, I said, and they said, uh, "Well, no, you're not going to the public school. <laughs> you're not allowed to go to the public school." They gave you a choice, yeah, but not but, really. Yeah, not really. Yeah, they, yeah. they wanted. They didn't think I was going to call their bluff. Right. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. You're like, I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah. I didn't expect you were going to go down this route. No. Right. So they said I couldn't go okay. to the public school, and so I just started a band, anyways. Right, right, right. Um, so, I think I think they were definitely, I think in high school it was one thing, and then as I got to college, it, you know, it became something else. Your parents are like, well, you're supposed to be like... Right. Like, Finding a profession, you're whatever. Still, you're still not, you're still, like, we indulged it when, like, it's early enough to, like, divert, that you can still yeah. go back. But, like, you're running out of years to, like, get yourself on the right track here. Um and so it wasn't until the band the band started doing like being gone more well, right you know right, like right. from an out, outsider's perspective right um, once you're like yeah I'm going to Europe I'm going to Australia you're right. like oh this oh, might be real okay like yeah like we can buy a van like there's a label putting out our records like yeah and so the parents were like oh got a record deal okay right okay yeah like they're signed all right like, right this is something tangible yeah, yeah i can totally. hold the, i can hold this contract up right so um it wasn't until then that i think they gave it a little bit more credit and especially because like obviously it's like two family members in the band yeah but... totally. <laughs> so they're like oh great like yeah. two two out of our four sons are doing this whole right. band thing right <laughs> yeah. and so but they've like you said, they they understand it a little bit better, and like they now they like, definitely do. Do they come out your shows? They understand like. Um, I mean, my I'm, mom, my mom does, and she likes it. That's cool. My dad won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he came. He came to Warp Tour. Um, yeah. When we played in, in Hartford. Um, sure. I think partly because my mom dragged him. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and like. You need to go see your son's play. Yeah, he was pissed. He was so mad. He Outdoor like, festival. Yeah, yeah, he was just bummed. Like, sure. Uh, so that was, I think that's probably the last Nick to Men show he'll ever attend. <laughs> that, really. that they will attend together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so obviously, like, having an English degree, like, the, the common conception of that, where it's like, oh, you'll be a teacher. Yeah. Like, did you have an interest in teaching at all? Or, like, that sort of, that was just never... Not really, Got to it. be perfectly honest. Yeah, You yeah. know, I... It's something, it's something that I wouldn't hate doing. I think. Yeah. But it would have to be that I, I don't want to like I don't want to teach grade school. No no no. I don't no. really want. You to. don't strike you strike me as a person like you and honestly I see a lot of people in bands like once they transition out of tour life and they're like you know like oh this like the, it, it mimics the feeling of like playing in front of people right. where it's like you know getting in front of a classroom and kind of like especially because. Like even after Make Do and Men doesn't exist, like uh-huh. you're still gonna care about this shit. Yeah, so totally. you will be able to connect. Right. Where it's like kids, you know, like you won't. It, there won't be this huge disconnect. Where we'd be like, I understand what you roughly listen to. Like right. I knew who Data Remember is. Like yeah. okay, I don't like it, but I know. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> you're like I'm aware of its existence. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, I don't think I could handle teaching in grade school. That's like, that's a level of of pressure. That, you know, I understand. Well. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, you know, maybe maybe someday down the line I'll, I'll go back to school and maybe uh, take on like a professorship, professorship or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. That, you know, um, it's not necessarily exactly what I, you know, see myself doing. Yeah, no, of course, of course. And then getting getting a taste, like, are, do you, are you sort of the business guy of the band in a way? Like, no, not really. Matt and I, uh, Matt and I share a lot of the responsibilities there. But him being the him being the like right on top of shit one. He, you're, you're you're the artist. You're the artiste. Uh, you know, no. I, well, I mean, like, in regards to like obviously, like you were saying, you know, you were. Uh, I mean, I, I know that the, the band obviously creates the material together and yeah, everything. Yeah. Like, do you, how how does the uh, lyric and songwriting process go? Like, as far as like you know, we're does it start with a germ of an idea from you and then kind of... It really all depends. I mean, you know, there are, there are plenty of songs that, like, Mike will write a riff. Got like, it. You know, and then you'll build on Mike's, that. Mike's really good at, like, writing riffs, recording them on his laptop, and, like, sending them to us. And, oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, he, that's something that, like, completely <laughs> escapes me. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, you know, he'll send that stuff, and then I can sort of, like, build it into a structure, and, you know... Sure, um, sure. And then there's other stuff where it's just sort of, like... Get in a room and jam fitting, it out. You know, fitting lyrics to, you know, stuff that I'm playing on guitar and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, we, yeah, we sort of all just, like, hash it out together. Sure. And you, but with the, with the sort of, you've never, have you ever been, ever been interested in working in, like, the music industry at all? Kind of, sort of, not really. Right. You know, in a, in a, in a capacity that didn't make my skin crawl, yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, like, and as I'm sure, you know, from my perception of you, like, sure. sort of the same vibe, you know, like I did before the band got really busy, uh, like last spring, sure. um, I started doing like publicity for bands. Oh, okay. So like, uh, you know, writing press releases and like sure, right. getting in touch with, you know, press outlets pitching stuff, stuff sure, like sure. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like, you know. Uh, I was a publicist for a couple bands, and uh, yeah, and then it just got it just got too demanding, and I, I didn't. There's a lot of, as I'm sure you know, there are a lot of fucking, there are a lot of publicists out there that just sit on their ass, oh, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. collect insane amounts of Stupid money. Stupid amounts of money. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I mailed them a press kit. Right. They um, didn't do anything. I don't with know. It. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I sent it. Right. Lee, shut up. <laughs> um, Totally, totally. So I did not. I didn't want to be that. Yeah, guy. you didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. You didn't want to be that guy that sends like a blanket email yeah, to like yeah. nine hundred press contacts right. and like, the, the, why haven't they written me back? Like, right. It's totally. like that's not how you right. cultivate relationships. Right. Um, so you know that's something that I did and something that I really enjoyed. So you know that's something I could see myself doing at some point. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, like you know, you're 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 in it. You're focused on making doing that. Like yeah, that's yeah. that's obviously what takes up a majority of your time. And. Um, sort of in conclusion wrapping things up where it's like you know you, you have a significant other at home and like obviously like maintaining relationships uh-huh. is not easy yeah even tough. when you are home yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sure. so how, how have you been able to uh, kind of you know move forward with that sort of be able to like keep that thing together when obviously like you said like because I mean realistically last spring was the you know upon the release of your record like that's when you guys were like here we go right. like I mean you were always touring beforehand but right. it just got so much busier for you guys yeah definitely it it's definitely tough and like you were saying earlier you know every, every relationship is an insane amount of work right um, and it definitely takes uh, it takes a lot of work from both sides and like I'm, su- I'm super lucky in that my girlfriend like is totally down with 
you know, you know, putting in her end of the work. You know? Right. And you know, the the thing about it is, like, we're just like, like she's my best friend in the entire world. Like, you know, we're yeah. very like. Uh, you, you connect know, on that yeah, level. Yeah, very comfortable with one another. Very, like, sort of just... Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, it just, it's just tough, it's tough being together sometimes. Totally. You know, just because being gone so often and then, like, all of a sudden I'm home and it's like, hey, I'm home. Everything yeah. revolves around me again, right? Like, and she's just sort of like, fuck you. You've been gone for, like, two months. And, like, right. I've been here taking care of the dog, paying, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, I know, and that's what a lot of like. Uh, I always, I always like when I hit on this point when I'm having these conversations where it's like, you know, touring is like a suspended state of animation. Yeah, where it's yeah. like, you know, you're, it's it's a whole different life. Yeah. Like you know, different city every day. Like you're you're existing for hours in these places. Um, whereas the other people that exist at home, their life continues right. as is. Totally. And then yeah, when you pop back in. It takes like I always I always felt like there was like a good three or four day compression after tour yeah. to like feel normal again yeah. like feel like you step back into a life mm-hmm. and so I always know like yeah the relationship that I was in and still am in where it was like stepping back into it like right. she always gave me those few days totally because she knows like yeah, yeah. you're not gonna be fucking normal the yeah. shit that you say is gonna be like you're treating me like a band member right right, right. totally <laughs> and so yeah it's taken her a lot of like a lot of work to adapt to that and like you yeah. know understand that we like in a lot of ways we really don't have a normal relationship but right. it works for us and you know yeah um, and you, yeah and you have obviously like the I always tell people that anytime anybody asks about um, you know relationships in general where it's like I feel like truly the best relationships are the ones that take work uh-huh. like the ones that are like you, you never hear about the oh perfect relationships and yeah, it's yeah. like that shit doesn't exist. No, like, no, that's no. in fairy tale land. Totally. And, like, the ones that are worth it are work. Yeah. Like, yeah. it shouldn't be... I mean, it should be easy on, like, just the, like, the core levels of your being. Right, right. And, you know, hopefully you're in a relationship with someone who's not, like, an unrealistic person, isn't a selfish person. Like, right. You know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, those core values totally. are there. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know. Like, a person who would be like, James fucking knock it off get off the road yeah, like yeah, totally. would, like every waking moment that she could like right right you know that wouldn't be a relationship that would yeah. last so luckily my girlfriend gets that like she is <laughs> you know a, a, an unbelievably important part of my life you know it, right. I I if I could and you know I would love to spend every single second of every single day with her but like right you yeah. know, you know I, I, and in a lot of ways that's enough enough for her. so that's good yeah yeah for I'm, sure I think I've gotten really lucky in that regard yeah and I just want to hit on one last point before we wrap things up because I, I obviously with you guys' experience on the 2012 or yeah 2012 almost forgot the year right. the 2012 Warp Tour where it's like the it, I mean uh, so many people don't understand how I mean how strenuous of an experience it is uh-huh. regardless even if you are a popular band right yeah yeah uh, and for a band like you guys, who are literally playing your hearts out mm-hmm. every day, like do, doing like you would do at a club tour, right? But playing in front of kids that either, for one, don't give a shit about you, like right. trying to convince them to give a shit about right, you, right. Um, and then playing outdoors and playing like all these things, like uh, it, I mean, to be honest, like it was probably just a super stressful experience for you guys. It was, you know. I mean, rewarding in some senses of the term. Uh, it, I think that it had its merits. Of course. I think that I had its merits, and more so, 
I hope that it had its merits because I guess I'm not really sure if it did. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to tell, um, right? Right. Totally. Uh, so yeah, man, it was a grind, and it was a grind that really wore down on me. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't know. I guess I. It's very counterintuitive to what I've known mm-hmm. music to be. Yeah. And what I've known touring to be. Of course. It's a completely different world. Yeah. Uh, and for a lot of bands, that completely different world works. Yep. You know, it's it's a machine. It, you know, and if you're a if you're a band of a certain stature, if you're a band of a certain level of popularity, that machine works really well. Totally. You um, fit you fit into that cog like it's perfect. Totally. Which and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I don't right. mean, I don't mean that in a like no, you know, no, no, no. The, these are the sheep. Like, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I mean yeah. it as a, you know, when it works, it They works. translate well to the Warped Tour crowd, and that's yeah, awesome. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, for other bands, it can it can really sort of just fucking chew you up and spit you out. It can test you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and so we were, you know, we were in a fortunate enough position where, like, you know, luckily, like, we were on a bus. Like, you know, we didn't have to drive every day. I can honestly say... If we had, if we had to drive in a day in a van like plenty of vans did, yep, we would have fucking lost it. Totally, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have lasted the entire tour. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, but it's it's a grind, and I'm not used to like we like we were talking about, you know. <laughs> and in this way, I suppose it's sort of juvenile, like yeah. just wanting to do what you want to do. Right. I'm right. not used to my I'm not used to my life being a grind. <laughs> right. Even though even though playing in a band yeah, it's hard is work. a lot of work. Of course. You know? Um you know, and there's a lot of things in my life that I work very, very hard out, but I hard at, but I work under I, your own terms. Yeah, on my own volition, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, you know? yeah. So it turning into a grind, it turning into this thing that like just felt different. Felt different. It felt just bad. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and like you know, to obviously like on the flip side, where it's just like like you said, you were appreciative of the experience because obviously it's like Kevin Lyman didn't need to give a shit about you right. guys. Oh, dude, and it's like absolutely right. And so it's like you know you it, it, you're appreciative of the opportunity, but it's like like you said, not everything fits. Not right. everything like you know feels good about it. Like. Right. Um, and it's just, yeah, it is, it is a test, but I mean, ultimately like the fact that you guys did that for however many people did interact with you and be exposed to a different style of music. Yeah. Like that's positive. Whether or not you so. feel it. I hope so. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, in all, in all, uh, in all seriousness, I mean, all those things make sense. You yeah. Know? Um, but it was just so tough for you guys and you in particular. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, that's no one's fault, I think, but my own or our own, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, I, 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 it's, it's good that you experienced that because, like, if you obviously if you didn't take that opportunity, you could look back in a few years and be like, oh, we should have done that or yeah. whatever. Yeah, maybe. But know. yeah, yeah, who knows? But uh, thank you for obviously wanting to hang out and fucking shoot the shit and yeah. your sirens go by. Yeah. <laughs> there you have it, everybody. Real talk about Warp Tour. I love that when bands are able to kind of learn from that experience and be able to, uh, you know, figure out if that makes sense for their future or not. Uh, anyways, I hope you enjoyed the chat. Um, come back next week for another brand new episode. And um, visit propertyofzack.com. All right? Be safe. <laughs>